Well, grace and peace, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a magnanimous day. It's your girl, Yammy, a.k.a. Yams B. Sam. And you are now listening to Can I Be Honest? Can I be honest? You guys are in for a treat all month. Yes. So this episode of Can I Be Honest features um, transition coach Sonia Krull. Oh, my God. Who has served as a auntie, a mentor. She was actually um, one of my uh, uh, teachers for my ministers in training uh, coursework that introduced me into actually becoming a licensed minister. So I have a huge debt of gratitude to her. And she has, uh, even afterwards, loved on me and provided me with some encouragement and um, some really thoughtful words um, continuously. So I am so excited for you guys to get a portion of what I get to experience often in my elder Sonia, a.k.a. Auntie. So, are you ready? But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, grace and peace, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a magnanimous day. It is your girl, Yammy, a.k.a. Yams, be saying, and you are now tuned into Can I Be Honest? And can I be honest? <laughs> I have a wonderful, 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 wonderful leader, speaker, influencer um, by the name of Elder Sonia Cruz. I call her auntie. You may have seen uh, me interviewing her when she was talking about her uh, passion, which is um, uh, being a transition coach. Uh, And I would argue that I can go on and on um, about explaining who she is personally to me, but I want you guys to get a feel for who she is. So Elder Sonia. If you would let the people know a little bit about you, like who are you? (laughs) Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity to be on with you. I think you are just a fantastic human to begin with. I think your family is just adorable, and I love your 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 kid and your husband. You all are just a special bunch of people. Um, So it's my honor to share. Uh, today, I am Sonia Cruel. I am a social worker by profession. I uh, have been a social worker for over 30 years, a very long time, um, but I still love what I do. Um, I am a therapist, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I am uh, a transition coach and uh, uh, a crisis intervention person, a grief counselor, all of the stuff that goes with social work, the stuff that I love doing. Um, that's why it's so hard for me to really make a living off of <laughs> being a transition coach because I don't want to charge. But, um, I am an aunt. Um, uh, I, I just love life. I love uh, the things of God. I love God's people. Um, and I continue to grow as a human being. Um, I think everybody has value. I think uh, there is no one race above any other race. Um, I think we are all uh, created equal, um, and I think we all have a destiny. We are all put here for a purpose. 
Um, and I think that God would not have allowed us to come if he didn't have work for us to do. Regardless of who we are, regardless of where we come from, how we got here, we all have a task. We all have a job to do. Girl, we hadn't even started and she already preaching. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, as I've explained in um, some of the other interviews, I am a licensed uh, minister. But what you may not know is that Elder Sonia was one of them who helped usher me in to uh, the licensing construct of ministry. I I did have a... um, uh, masters in Christian ministry, but it, it, if anybody who's ever gone through the process knows, you don't just go ahead and get some scholarly knowledge. You need to know what the church itself is doing. And Elder Sonia was actually one of my um, professors who helped um, give me the guidelines for actual on the on the job training for ministry. So she is very valuable to me, um, um, just because she um, served as a mentor and a, 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 a loving um, person for me um, to be introduced to the faith from um, the new transition. She's a transition coach, so she, but in, she <laughs> different kinds of transitions, but she was helping me to transitions. So <clears throat> I was trying to see she was already doing the work of the ministry, honey. She just needed a piece of paper so that the man can be set aside. She was called from the foundations of the earth. She was already working in ministry. She was already doing what she needed to do. She just wanted that piece of paper for the people that say, well, where, where, are, you, where are your credentials? She can say, here's my credentials. But she was doing it a long time ago. Sorry, oh. go ahead. Oh. Well, enough about me. So, <laughs> Elsa, if you could tell us a little bit about your kind of religious background. Were you always raised in church? Um, so, no, this is the craziest story. So, I remember at an early age, around eight, nine, somewhere in there, uh, we did not go to church. I remember sitting at the foot of my mother's bed watching television. I mean, watching television so that I could see church. That's how I was introduced to church. And eventually I told my mom that, you know, mom, I want to go to church. So she uh, allowed us to go to church with one of the neighbors. And then we she decided, you know, I guess we need a little bit more. So, so we went to this Presbyterian church and my sister and I joined, there was nobody else that from our family that was a member of this church. But for some reason we felt we needed to join. I, I assume it was the Holy Ghost. I don't really know. So for a while we went there and then I was, um, uh, my aunt told my mom about this Baptist church downtown. We lived in, uh, in, out in the suburbs. So my mom, so we started going to this church downtown and, and that's where I really began to study uh, the word of God. And eventually I transferred over to a non-denominational church where I was introduced into the prophetic. I saw, uh, women ministers. I was introduced to intercessory prayer, just a lot of stuff that I did not know about uh, that I was introduced, that that I was not introduced in the uh, uh, Baptist church, even though it laid a good foundation for me. It helped me with my leadership skills. It helped me with being a part of a group. So it provided a lot of foundational stuff. But when it was time to uh, transition to the next place, uh, I was introduced to a lot of stuff that not necessarily that particular Baptist church believed in. And one of those was uh, uh, women ministers. So I got to see women ministers. I got to see uh, women actually doing the work of the ministry, which was just so encouraging. It just blew my mind. I was That's where I first met a lot of the famous people that we now know uh, they were coming to our church uh, just... It was, it was just mind-blowing and very encouraging for me. 
I think um, when I was in seminary, one of the things uh, as a part of coursework that we were responsible for doing was going to different churches outside of our denomination just mm-hmm. to kind of see how they worship. So like for mm-hmm. me, I went to, I, I think uh, I went to a mosque and saw like, uh, uh, no, a uh, synagogue and uh-huh. saw uh, how, did, uh, how Jewish people worship. I went to a Catholic church and things like that. And <clears throat> what it did for me, even though it wasn't my principal mm-hmm. uh, principal relation, what it did for me was introduce me to different styles of connecting to the same God. Amen. Yes. And I think that that with this in part, what you said, it, it you may have, you, might, you didn't start off in church, like, you know, like mm-hmm. me, for instance, but those different experiences have mm-hmm. cultivated who you are and who, Absolutely. who you help to minister other people. And I think it's super important to be that flexible with your learning I, process. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just so, in, it's so invaluable for us to realize everybody's not going to do it like we do it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to heaven. Uh, just because, you know, we, we do praise and worship for a good 30, 45 minutes. They may sing hymns, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to heaven. And that doesn't mean that they're not preaching about the same God. Mm. So we have to not uh, knock somebody else's way of worshiping God. Um, I may be loud. Somebody else may be quiet, but that doesn't mean that they didn't love God. It doesn't mean that they're not going to heaven. That's good. That's really good. Elson, do you have any theological training? Like outside of ministers and training, do you have any like a, like a, bap, uh, a bachelor's or master's or a PhD or something like that? I do not. I do not. So your, your foundational, like where, how did you receive instruction for actually becoming a minister and then eventually an elder? So uh, I was at a former church where they did a ministers in training, and it was uh, very much like um, a university. They had <clears throat> they had several tracks. If you wanted just to be a a um, if you were going toward a fivefold ministry, you had a track. If you were going just for a helps ministry, you had a track. So, and then if you were going as a deacon's ministry, you had a track. So I um, originally started out as just a helps ministry and then I switched over to the MIT and that lasted for two years. Um, that included um, a internship, that included tests and finals, that included actual preaching. Uh, it, it, it included anything that you can think of that would provide you that foundational stuff that you needed for ministry of about minist- administration. Um, as a matter of fact, a lot of the books that I use now were the books that we used when I was in training. We actually had to buy books. Uh, we, there was no, can I get a copy of your book, uh, that chapter? No, you had to buy the book. <laughs> That's that's actually really that's actually really good because what, most people think that being a minister is what you do on the pulpit, but actually the ministry calling is the administrative work and the mm-hmm. stuff outside of the preaching on the pulpit. Absolutely, the preaching on the podium is the is one really to be totally honest. It's it's such a small, minute part of what you do. Not that it's not important. You know, bringing people to Christ is very important. But you got to know how to minister to people. You got to know how to if you are going to have a church, you got to know the administrative part of it. You got to know how to deal with human resources. You got to know how to deal with someone that's in the middle of a crisis. Uh, just so much more stuff. Uh, legally that you have to know when you are talking about going into ministry. Oh, that's really good. Okay, so tell us about the call. When did you receive the call to ministry? And I put it in quotation marks, but... Yeah, right, right, right. right. (laughs) This is is the craziest thing for me. 
I think, it, you know, we, I've, I do believe that we, we all come with a purpose. And I think I really came with the purpose of being a minister and providing service to his people. I've always had the desire to lead. I've always had the desire to help people. Um, I like to say sometimes if, 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 no, if I'm in a room full of people and nobody's going to take the lead, I'm going to take it. We're just not going to sit here and do nothing and wait for somebody to come. Um, but I believe when I was at um, New Covenant Christian Ministries in Lithonia is when it began to really, really, uh, uh, I began to really sense that, okay, it's time for me to, you know, come out of the back, out of the back and really do something. So that's when it really began. Um, uh, my pastor would always say, you know, when are you going to um, get started in in uh, in the school of ministry, what it was called then? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, you know, I'll, I'll take a class or two, but you know, I, I don't need that. I ain't got to do all that. I, if Jesus just give me the power, I'm good. <laughs> and then I had to, he had to, he along with another lady, um, Elder Margot Parsons had to say, you know, we understand that you are called, but sometimes People won't take just our word. They want a piece of paper. Um, And that's the reason why I really just started going through it and and getting the foundational stuff that I needed. And then once I was there, I really realized that there was a lot uh, that I really needed that those classes provided. Uh, Just just really simple stuff about, you know, what what your calling is. Um, um, your gifts and and just just very elementary stuff that I thought I didn't need, but I really needed. That's that's really good. So like, it's one thing to receive the call; it's another thing to accept it. So, mm-hmm. what are some reasons that you accepted uh, to to walk the path of ministry and eventually elder? So for me, it was I think it was the teachings that we were receiving in that you know everybody has purpose. Everybody um, has a, a a reason for being here on this earth. Um, you came with that. Now, whether or not you are open to it, whether or not you uh, respond to it, uh, that's totally between you and God. But then when I began to see that my purpose was to be uh, a minister, my purpose was to be an ordained minister so that I could provide uh, services um, in in elements that necess- wouldn't necessarily receive me without those papers. Uh. Um, so I began to see, you know what? This is bigger than me. This is uh, this is much larger than than what I was focusing on. I was focusing on just doing the work in this little circle. But God was saying, no, you you need to expand how you see this. This is not just about you. This is not just about at this little bitty church that you are at. Even it's not a little church. It was like two thousand people. Mm-hmm. But it's it's <laughs> it's it it was more than that. And then I had to say to myself, okay. All right, so it's time for me to do what I need to do. Then I started going to the ministers, uh, roundtable meetings that the pastor would have once a month for the ministers. Uh, So I started to really take the calling more serious and know that it was serious. It wasn't just, you know, something that man said that you had to do. Uh, this, this, This is something that God said that I had to do. This is something God said that this is what I want you to do. And this is the path that I want you to go. So I, I settled down and said, you know what? Let's do it. And it has, I have to say that it has been a blessing and it was the right way. Um, I, I, I now see that 
you shouldn't just give people a label. You shouldn't just give people a piece of paper and say, go out, all right, now go, go preach. No, it's so much more to that. It's so much more to being a pastor or being a minister than just preaching on Sundays. It's, you, have, you hold people's lives in your hand. You want to make sure that you give them sound biblical information. You, when you minister to someone that's grieving, we want to make sure that you have a good foundation or you can refer them to someone that can help them. You, and again, uh, I, you know, they like to say, well, I'm just going to go to the minister and he's going to tell your minister may not have the goods to tell you. So he has to be able, or she has to be comfortable in her or his own skin enough to say, you know what, I, this is out of my, my area of expertise. Let me refer you to someone. And so that's one of the things that you learn as a minister. You, you can't be all things to all people because it's just not in your wheelhouse. It's so funny that you say that because um, the day that um, Tim and I received our license, my parents were in town for mm-hmm. uh, for there. And one of the things that he said, my dad, who's been uh, a pastoring for over 40 years, he was like, I've done a lot. And he has a lot of education and, and mm-hmm. has worked in, in various kind of realms. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've done a lot, but there is not a path that I would have chose. I, I, I basically he was expressing how grateful he was mm-hmm. for the path mm-hmm. that God had given him to shepherding mm-hmm. people. And for me, as a pastor's kid, it's always been like, what? Like, go ahead and retire. The people have exhausted you, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Go ahead uh-huh. and you don't have to keep doing this for longer. But for real, like once you really kind of tune into it, there is something deeper than yourself Yes, that, sh- that makes you push towards the constant serving of people and the rendering of services, but also recognizing when you're not in position to actually do something that would be effective and that you need to outsource. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, it's not, mm-hmm. it's more than just a, a calling. It's more than just yes. someone a, a, a telling you or giving you a piece of paper, like you mentioned, but it's actually something inward that you yes. have to have so that you can make sure that you are effectively following the path that uh that helps the people that you are assigned to yeah absolutely and it's and it's so much it's so much for me um i am at the place of you know what even though you you (laughs) i think about the people that have um not necessarily received my counsel or received the information that i had to share with them understand i've never been uh like leading from the, the, the first chair. I've always led from the second chair. So there was always a minister or the pastor that was over me. So one of the things I had to learn was how to navigate what he wanted or what she wanted and not necessarily what I wanted. Hmm. Um, I never took for, uh, for granted that this was my church, that this was my, my organization. No, it wasn't. I always, I've always led from the second chair which always, which means that you get the heart of the pastor. You follow what would the pastor do in this situation? Um, it's not about what I wanted. And sometimes people find, find that hard to believe and hard to understand. Um, but when you are a minister, you, 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 there, that's not the time for you to go and do your own thing in, the, in that particular house that you're in. You may have a side a minute, uh, a paraministry, but you don't get the get the right to say, you know what? Now that I'm a minister, I'm gonna do it this way. No, because you're a minister, you are even more submitted to the man that or the woman that's sitting in the first chair. So I, I had to, I read a book called Leading from the Second Chair, mm. and it talks about how sometimes 
when you don't necessarily agree with what the first chair is doing, but you never, never let the congregation or never let the people see that. It's always um, a backroom conversation and you always promote what the, the leader from the first chair is doing. You always do that. And sometimes I think people don't necessarily understand that when it comes to ministry. This is, this is not my thing. This is, this is ultimately, of course, God's thing, but ultimately I report to the, uh, the guy in the first chair. And sometimes that's hard for people. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. You mentioned a little bit about opposition. When you did receive kind of the calling, uh, did you experience any opposition? So when I received the calling, no, I did not, because people were already thinking that I was a minister. They already said, well, aren't you already ordained? Mm-mm. Aren't you already licensed? Mm-mm. Haven't you already <laughs> been to the process? Mm-mm. I'm just doing the work. Honey. I just And people, people just assumed that I was already licensed, which was so crazy. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a good thing. But um, they they just assumed that I, I was already doing the work and I, I really wasn't. So when it happened, people were like, girl, we already knew that. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, my my parents, not my parents, my grandmother used to say that, oh, you're just going to marry a preacher. You got, I don't know what she saw, but she said, you, y'all just going to be in ministry. That's just what y'all going to do. And at first I was like, nah. No, that's not going to happen. And and it, my life has lined up that way. That's everything I do um, is about ministry or helping people or or God and 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 just seeing. I want to see people whole. I want them to see them not just whole in their bodies, but whole in their pocketbooks, in their in their wallets, whole in their minds, whole in their spirits. Uh, just living a full life. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven uh, to live a great life. You can do it here and being free. Be, get rid of all of that, all of those generational curses. Get rid of those soul ties. Uh, get rid of that that negative thinking that you have going on. You know, just just be free. And and that's of course that's ministry, but that's what I do, whether that's it's good. in the church or out of the church. That's really good. That's really good. You mentioned earlier that you had had. Um, when you eventually started going to church, you got an opportunity to see women in ministry. Talk about the effects of seeing women in ministry and how that kind of mentored to you as well. So uh, the first time, if I called her name right now, you would say, oh, I knew her when she was just starting out and (laughs) she would wear all black and her hair was black. And (laughs) She, she was what she was a young a young girl at the time a young lady at the time and she her mom used to travel with her all of the time mm. um so do you know who I'm talking about I I have an idea that's her <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she was one of the first young people but I saw um a lot of older people at that time that was the women that that were you know the pastor was allowing them to preach they he was allowing them to lead service and i was like oh okay that's how it's done because i had been so long at the other church and i've never seen a woman you know as a matter of fact the woman didn't even sit in the pulpit you know it was just cuckoo for cocoa puffs but you know that's how they do it um but then when i went to uh living word uh, I began to see it was so encouraging, so warm. I was like, okay, I can do that. 
I can do they he allowed you to be free he allowed you to use your gift he didn't stifle you know what God had given you um and it was just so refreshing for me and and I was a little nervous wreck uh, um, and even so when I, he would call me to do certain things that it, it, it was just, um, it was like an aha. It was like, yeah, I, we can do this. Okay. God, I see, I see, I see. I, I I'm not, I, I'm not totally crazy. It, it just began to just open me up just to do ministry all the more. I, and you, that, that's so important for what you said, because a lot of times if you kind of grow up in a, in, in a posture where you don't necessarily see um, someone doing something, uh-huh. you might think that 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 avenue was not afforded to you. What, right, what's the right, thing? Right. Representation. Representation matters. And even right. in ministry right. for women, it, it matters to see someone not just not just doing something on Women's Day. You know Correct. What I'm Come on, yes. We gotta see women actually operating in the trenches and on the pulpit, so that we can kind of see like where God can use us. And it's so, it's so hard for me, especially because I do read my Bible and uh-huh. like, uh, and I have studied. I used to um, at church that I go to now. I used to uh, teach the the women of the Bible. Uh, course at uh-huh, some point. Uh-huh. and it, of course it opened up my eyes to like there there were fee, there were women in ministry serving at, serving Jesus in the same capacity that these disciples were serving yes yes but they don't that get was, the same a cloud like uh, acknowledgement yes that was even women on the battlefield come on Deborah yes they weren't sitting down just twilling their thumbs and putting out the communion cups <laughs> It's not to say that whoever does that is not okay. operating in their ministry, okay. but at okay. the same token, it 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 does it does mean a lot more to me. It, it, and I've had mentorships from a male and female, but it does mean more to me to see women operating in their gifts because it, it's almost like it gives me permission mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. ahead and operate in that same thing. Same same thing with seeing you like. Um, seeing you operate in your capacities kind of open uh, open up my eyes or broaden my perspective uh-huh. so that I'm not limiting myself or my giftings. I may not have had like the traditional public speaking um, background or right. um, or training per se, but that doesn't mean that God can't put me in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And the same thing. So I, I, I don't know if I've said that enough to you, but seeing you operate in your gifting has been a, like a, a silent mentorship to me. Wow. Every time I wow. see you doing it, I'm like, all right, then I can go ahead and keep doing the stuff that I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? So you, you know what? It was it was um, the time that I was at um, my last church, I, the time that I was at Fresh Start. Uh, that was a time when he said, all right, you got to give, just go out and do it. Just go do it. Just do it. Um, and even when we would have meeting or when I would meet with a pastor, he would say, so what are you doing about your personal ministry? So where are you with this? Or what, what have you, last time we talked, you were supposed to do this. Did you do this? So what are you doing? And he, he pushed you into doing your ministry because he believed that everybody had a purpose. You know, everybody may not be a pulpit minister. That's cool. But you have something that you were placed on the earth to do. So, and he would push you. And and it was so funny that I remember one time 
I was, I, uh, it was two elders, uh, uh, and I, the other elder was, was not at church that day. So I was trying to make sure that everything was done. We had the, 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 uh, communion cups and everybody was on their post and blah, blah, blah. And then he said, Elder Sonia, come up and give a prophetic word. <laughs> I said, what? You want me to do what? But you know, you just had to, he knew what was already in me and I, it was me that had the issue. So I had to get it together and get up there and do what he said do. And, and it was like, um, it was nothing for him to allow you to express yourself. Mm. He was okay with that yeah. because he knew who he was. So um, and whether you were male or female and you didn't have to do it like he did it, which I didn't, um, but he was okay with that. Um, and that to me is, is such a... Um, relief from having to be like a cookie cutter person like you know they, they did it this way and we got to do it so as ministers as women ministers unless you got the gift to hoop you don't have to hoop my just God. do you my plus, that, mess up your, that mess up your voice but you know if you can do that you do it i, I i've never done it um the holy ghost has never placed that on me to do but you know only only in jest now i can i can right. i can fake hoop all day long, but right. yeah, you, I, it's not gonna come out of a sermon in me. I don't yeah. think so, at least. Yeah, I don't, I, 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 I don't think so. I mean, God can surprise me, and if He did, you have to know it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you, so like, 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 like the uh, Holy Ghost dance. I, I can't do that either. <laughs> and, and you know what? I didn't even learn much about that until I was uh, when I was in undergrad. I went to a deliverance ministry. That's where I saw like the the holy. I was like, what? They they be moving their feet. They little feet just be yes, going. yes. <laughs> I, I can't. Like, now some of my friends and then my sister, uh, she would say I would I would talk to her. I was like, Lisa, what is it like to do the Holy Ghost? And she said, it's like hot coals under your feet and you just keep picking up your feet trying to get, I was like, oh, okay. I don't, okay. Think, I don't think I'm gonna have that gift. <laughs> <laughs> so Elson, this is gonna be my very last question. And I, again, I really I appreciate you because I know you are busy and booked. So- um, Girl, you know, I always have time for you. All you have to do is call me. You, yeah. you got all my numbers and you know where I live. So you call me whenever you need me and I'll be there. I appreciate it. So for women who are maybe contemplating um, going into ministry, people mm -hmm. who maybe feel like they have a call or people who maybe kind of, uh, I may have a call, I don't. What would you say, uh, what advice would you provide to them who are maybe interested in going into ministry? So I would first say, seek the Lord, seek the Lord. First, you gotta, you gotta know within yourself that, that this is what you're called to do. And it depends on where you are, the response that you're going to get. Mm. Um, you know, I, um, I have a saying, I go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. Mm. So if you are having a heart, if you are having a hard time being received where you are, ask the Lord, is your time, is your season up here? Is this where you need to be? Uh, once you've gotten that, yes, you are to go into ministry. Yes, you are to do A, B, and C. Then ask him, where do you want me? Where do I need to go get this training? Um, and then you pursue it. Don't allow um, someone to say, well, you know, you don't need additional training. Yes, you do. Now, do you need to go to seminary? That's between you and the Lord. That's 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 a cost. Or you can go to somewhere where they have school of the ministry. 
uh, school of ministry where, where, where you're being taught because really and truly the only thing that was missing from the school that I went to was <laughs> the, uh, the, um, uh, the credentialing. Mm. Um, um, other than that, it was a full-fledged school uh, with, with uh, you, you had to register, you had to go through counseling, the whole nine yards. So I would say find you somewhere where you can continue your education where you can uh, get some hands-on education because you if you're at a church and they don't they don't believe in women's ministry or women's women being ministers how are you gonna get any training what you gonna yeah. so so you need to think about that um so begin to ask the lord begin to seek out mentors uh begin to um to see where he would have you be and 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 start doing it you 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 can't necessarily wait on anybody to pat you on the back pat you on the hand and say and pull you along you got to have some some mm in you to want to get this done uh you need to start reading start looking uh or as you said you would y'all went to different churches start looking you there's, there's no nothing that says that you got to stay at any particular church Seek the Lord as to where you should be. Seek the Lord as to what your next steps should be. Seek the Lord as to the books you need to read. Seek the Lord as to who should be your mentor. Who, who should you watch? Sometimes, as you said, your mentor may be somebody that you, you're not even necessarily in contact with, but you just see. So, so you got to be prayerful about it. You can't be afraid. Mm. Um, if you are afraid, you got to do it anyway. Do it afraid. Um, and you got to step out. You got to, when the door opens, you got to step out and don't be afraid when people push you. Mm. Um, I have a couple of people that I, 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 one girl, I tell her, you're not a baby. You're not a little girl. You are minister. Mm. So walk in that and don't allow people to treat you as such. Because sometimes we, 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 uh, we show people how to treat us. No, I'm an adult. No, I am a minister as well. And no, I know the word as well. Mm. That's good. And that was the benediction, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I, this is the second interview that I've done about this topic to where I did not have the props in place. But if you look in her background, you can see that Elder Tanya is a published author as well. And you can find Divorce in the Upper Room and Transition. I can't remember the Transition bio. from then to now to next all available and I'll put all of her information in on the bottom so that you guys can see it as well. That way you can kind of uh, see where she's at, see uh, how you can get in contact with her and see um, if she can come speak to you or your people. Oh, oh my God. Cause she has a word. I mean, you already seen it. We, the, we had started the podcast and she was already preaching. <laughs> all we needed was the actual scripture. Where are you reading from? Elvis? <laughs> What's the text? Okay. <laughs> But uh, Sonya, again, thank you so much for being, uh, and listen, like for real, for real, y'all, she booked and did, she been, um, we're, the, at the time that we're filming, uh, filming this is still June, and um, this is being recorded for an October series, but she's out here booked and busy during the pandemic, she's been out here doing her uh, Facebook lives, she's been out here reaching the people, honey, and I am so excited uh, that you thought it not robbery. This is what the church folks say. This is how you know right. You thought it's not robbery to come all the way to little old Zoom to have a conversation <laughs> with you. 
Baby, I am so honored to be here again. I thank you for even considering me for to have this conversation. Um, I am just honored. Thank you. You know, I love you and there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. Mm. So, Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. Elder Sonia is a wealth of knowledge and I'm so uh, happy to have her in my fold of wisdom teachers um, to uh, let me harass them amongst them who allow me to rest them constantly so that I can grow, develop, and mature as a human being, but also as a minister. So um, yeah, be sure to check out all the resources that uh, she has available to you. You can follow her um, on Instagram um, at S, I think it's ST Cruel. I'll have it in the show notes for you. Uh, and on Facebook, Slain Cruel. And yeah, yeah, you want to go ahead and get the two books that she mentioned because uh, they're really good. And I'm not saying that for nothing. I have actually uh, read her reading and they are amazing. Um, with that being said, I think that I've spoken a little too much now. <laughs> so, bye-bye. <laughs>